In the Gospel reading for Thanksgiving, we hear how Jesus heals the ten lepers, and only one who is healed returns to Jesus in praise. Let us stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his feet, on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. It says up there, Thanks from the memories. Not thanks for the memories, but thanks from the memories. Because there can be no thanksgiving and there can be no gratitude without memory. People with short memories rarely give thanks because the blessings they've received are quickly forgotten. And if you want to have proof of that, just ask any politician or elected official who is constantly said, told, what have you done for me lately? The new road in front of the house two years ago, that doesn't matter. Cleasing up the empty lot in front of your house last week, that doesn't matter. What have you done for me lately? Without memory, there can be no thanksgiving and there can be no gratitude. People with short memories, people who forget, usually don't give thanks. We saw that today, in, uh, this evening, in the first reading from the book of, of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy tw- uh, chapter 8. What's going on here is that the children of Israel are getting ready to go and start to claim the promised land. Um, because they were disobedient coming out of Egypt, the occupying of the promised land was delayed a long time, about 40 years, until everybody who left Egypt had died. And there were three people left who were on the original Exodus. Moses and Joshua and Caleb. And Moses would not be allowed into the promised land. But all the folks were dead except those three. And now they were going to go into the promised land. And Moses gives them this charge. And he says, remember. Remember the the long way the Lord your God led you in these 40 years in the wilderness. Remember him. Remember God. Remember that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the house of God. You're going into a great land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters, welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. Remember that. Remember who gave you that. 
and you shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And then in verse 11, it says, Take care that you do not forget. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinance, and statutes. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when you, your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself. Because that's what prosperity does to you. Do not exalt yourself. Do not say, your, to your, to say about yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember, remember the Lord your God. And if you forget, I severely warn you that you shall surely perish. And as you know, I've been teaching the Old Testament, the, the story of the Old Testament is basically the story of Israel forgetting. Again and again and again, they forget. They become self-centered and forget the Lord their God. Without memory, there is no thanksgiving. The same message in, is in Lincoln's proclamation. I invite you to turn in your bulletin to this wonderful proclamation by by, by President Lincoln in 1863, issued in the middle of the Civil War, Lincoln called upon people to give thanks to God. He writes, It is the duty of nations as well as citizens to owe their dependence upon the overruling power of God. It's important for citizens to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow. Do you think a president of the United States today could get away with that? To call the country to repentance and confess its sin? Not a chance. Next paragraph down. But we have forgotten God, Lincoln wrote. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts, that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own, <clears throat> intoxicated with unbroken success. We have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. And they forgot. Without memory, there can be no gratitude, no thanksgiving. According to Lincoln, they forgot. The same thing is true about the, the story of the uh, ten lepers who were healed. Ten poor guys living out by themselves and they see Jesus and they cry out, Jesus, Lazar, have mercy on me. And he says, sure, go and show yourselves to the priest. That's like going to the health department to get a, a piece of paper that says you're okay. And they're on their way to the priests, and they look at each other and say, wow, we're healed. We're better. What should we do? And nine of them forget. They take the blessing, 
And they run. Run home. And one. I love the Samaritans. One Samaritan, a member of the despised race, turns back and comes and falls at Jesus' feet and says, thank you. He remembered. And nine forgot. Without memory, there is no thanksgiving and there is no gratitude. Tonight we must remember we must remember the pilgrims who started all of this. The pilgrims, they were just, they were, they were brothers and sisters in Christ, like for us. And all the, Christ, all the pilgrims wanted in England was they wanted to have their own church. They didn't want to be part of the Church of England. They wanted to have their own church, and the Church of England said no. They wanted to choose their own pastors, and the Church of England said no. And so they went to Holland looking for freedom. But the language was difficult and it was a very secular culture, so the pilgrims got, got a, a land grant in Virginia and bought the Mayflower and set out and they sailed for 60 days. Imagine 60 days at sea. They were going to Virginia and the wind and the weather blew them off course and they landed. They landed on the cold, bleak coast of Massachusetts in November and December. Cold. Terrible. And there they were with almost no shelter. And before the winter was over, half of them had died. There were 105 people on the Mayflower and half of them had died. And there they were in Massachusetts. They were like Fred, who was sitting by the, the, the roadside waiting for Steve and Erica to come home. They were like Fred in the, in the cold and the snow of Massachusetts, but they did not lose their faith. Because half of them had died, they were with Jesus. And half of them were still alive. And the spring of summer of 1621 was a wonderful summer, and there were good crops, and a Indian named Squanto helped them succeed. And so in the fall... They decided to count their blessings and they decided to remember. And the memories were mixed. Half of them dead. One of the first things the pilgrims did was to mark out a cemetery. So they could bury their dead. And they looked at their memories and they decided that, well, we're going to celebrate. 90 Indians and 50 colonists Celebrated and ate for three days. <laughs> there were four women and two teenage girls did all the cooking. <laughs> Typical, isn't it? <laughs> but they remembered. Was the glass half full or half empty? Full. It was half full. Probably more than half full. And they gave thanks because they remembered because they were Christians. Because without memory, there is no thanksgiving and there is no gratitude. I love remembering this, how this church came into being. This is a memory that must be preserved. I love telling you folks, you didn't do this. 
You didn't do this. The Holy Spirit did this among you. You know, Moses said, when you get to the promised land, don't think you did all this wonderful stuff. You didn't do anything. God did it. God did it. Before this church was formed, there were a bunch of people who were like the Israelites looking for the promised land. They were like the pilgrims looking for a place to go. Wandering in the wilderness. And then the Holy Spirit got a hold of the members of this church and brought them together. And once you were no people and now we are God's people. And that memory must not be lost. Because God has done wonderful things among this church. Wonderful things among you, among you, among us. And we didn't do nothing. We simply responded to the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit. And what about you? How are your memories of the past year? If it's like most folks, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Some good stuff and some bad stuff. Is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Can you celebrate? Can you give thanks with mixed memories? Matthew Henry was a preacher, was a pastor, was a writer of books, uh, Wrote a, born in 1662, he wrote a six-volume commentary on the Bible that is read to this day. And Matthew Henry was once robbed. And out of, that, out of that robbery, Matthew Henry found four things for which to be thankful. First, he was thankful that this was the first time he was robbed. Second, he was thankful that although the thief took his wallet, he didn't take his life. Third, he was thankful that even though the thief got all of his money, he didn't have much. (laughs) And fourth, he was thankful that he was the one robbed and not the robber. Can you give thanks with a mixed bag like that? I think you can. Last Thanksgiving I preached here, and the sermon was about run your magnet through the sand. Run your magnet through the sand. And I told the story about how a man once had gave people a challenge. He took a bucket of sand, and in that sand he put some iron filings. And he promised a great reward if someone could take all the iron filings out of the sand. And it sounds like an impossible job. Until one smart guy got a magnet and ran his magnet through the sand and pulled out all the iron filings and got the reward. Now, run your spirit of thankfulness through your memories of the past year. Do it now.
run your spirit of thankfulness through the memories of the past year. Val and I did it this afternoon. You find stuff? There's bad stuff. There's sand. No doubt about that. But there's good stuff too. Run your thankful heart through the memories of this past year and pick out the good stuff. The stuff for which you're thankful now. In a little while, we'll offer prayers here for all kinds of stuff. But it won't be for the stuff that's on your heart now. Now fold your hands. Close your eyes. And bow your head. And each one of you silently, each one of us silently, give thanks to God for the things that our thanks have found in our memories. Thanksgiving is an attitude. It's an attitude of gratitude. May it continue to be yours. Amen.